Welcome to Shekinah International Podcast. Our ministry reflects the five-fold ministry model Apostle Paul mentions in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Our podcast features leaders from multiple churches who are passionate about equipping Christians just like you to walk in purity and power, fulfilling your God-given purpose. God wants to do great exploits through you, so enjoy today's podcast. want to say what a great message Matt had last week. I just want to say he um, hit on some really good points. So I'm not going to repeat them, but I think there's some wisdom. So I want to encourage, if you weren't here last Sunday, to go back and listen to it. Um, it's, it's important. Okay, move the clicker. Got to click my, got to switch my stuff here. So thank you guys. Thank you for being here today. 5783. Wow. You know, I looked back at the, and Donna, the stuff, the words that she shared from a few weeks ago about kind of recapping 5782, those are really good, Donna. Um, in two weeks, we will be celebrating Rosh Hashanah, which is the Hebrew New Year. And um, so my focus is going to be more on today. Pei Gamel, which is 5783. So my focus really is going to be on the 83. Um, Eight, which is 83, which is pay, is 80. We started the decade of the pay a few years ago, which symbolizes the mouth, which I thought that was pretty prophetic when all COVID hit. And um, a lot of things happened. A lot of things shut down. People's mouths were covered, which I don't feel like that was an accident. And this wasn't in my notes, but I just think that was a prophetic sign of um, and we prayed about the COVID, and I remember sitting here a few years ago, and we never shut down. And Stephanie, thank you for your leadership with that. It was really important that we not shut down. We wanted to use wisdom about people if they weren't comfortable, but know that we're here for people. We don't shut down. We are an essential service. God is essential, and I just want to say that. I think we need to hear that more. So the year of Pegamel, I had I had a lot of fun doing some research on this. And Matt, you were so good with some of the words and the and the letters. Um, like I said, mine's going to be more of five of the number eighty three or the letters which correspond. So in Hebrew, they meet, read right to left. So the Pei is the is the is the the letter on the right, and then the left is Gamel. And when I was studying that. It, it was interesting because as I looked at the, the pay and remembering preaching on that and what was going on with the mouth, things we speak, the good and the bad. And I, and I want to encourage you, there's two sides to things. There's the decrees and then there's the curses. And we have to be careful about what we speak and how we say it so it doesn't become witchcraft. It doesn't become control. So, and there's nothing wrong with decrees. We do that all the time. I met Stephanie, and I never met anybody like her. It's like she is that, from our first assignment we did way back when, about 10, 10, 15 years ago, just about the decrees and declarations and why speaking is so important. It's that sound. It's those words, those decrees. So, but then there's the other part of it. What's your heart behind what you're saying? Is it witchcraft? 
Is it control? So I think as we move into 5783, and, and I'll get more into this, it's really important to watch what we're speaking and how we say it. Um, as, you, as you look at the gamel, which is on the right, I'm sorry, the, you're, I have to look at, so it's the person on the, the, it looks like a person walking, and they're walking to something. Um, and I want to encourage you, it represents, in many cases, if you study in the Hebrew, a man or a woman could be walking in order reaching to give something to someone. And there's something about that again, but what are we giving? What are we speaking? What are we saying? And as we go into 5783, and let's pray. I didn't pray before we got started. So Father God, I just thank you for this time. Thank you for these people here. May my word just be a refreshment on people, just an encouragement, but also a word for them to take into the new year. And thank you. Thank you for this place where we can worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. I had to do that. I want to be thankful. Um, so I got really excited when I ran across this slide. Ooh, so look at, I know, Gamel. The Gamel is in the red, but look at what that represents. If you look at that whole picture graft, looks like a camel. Um, Gamel is the third letter of the alphabet, having the numeric value of three. The picture graph for Gamel is a camel. And the architecture of the classic Hebrew letter looks something like a man constructed from a vav and a yod. And the vav is the, you know, it's on the, the thing that's going down like this. And the yod goes to the left. Notice the yod that points to the left, indicating the direction the man is walking. See, think about this. When we're in 5783, we're walking to 5784. We're going right to left. And it took me a while to think, oh, that makes so much sense. And it's interesting how in the Hebrew, everything correlates the numbers and letters. And it just, it's fascinating. Um, again, the person is, is walking towards something. What could they be walking towards? Is it something good? Or maybe it's not so good. Are they reaching to give somebody something, charity, loving kindness, or to give them a curse word or a curse or negative gossip? Again, I'm just going to be real here today. And so when I had talked to Stephanie, because today is um, September 11th, that has a lot of memories for me, what I was doing working in state government 21 years ago. And it's not an accident that I'm delivering 5783 today for a word. Um, there was a lot of emotions that happened. A lot of people felt a lot of things 21 years ago. Some things I'll never understand. Things that working in government, all of us were affected at the state, but particularly my people that were close to me that I worked with were in federal meetings in different parts of the country. And remembering, and I bring this up because I remembered being afraid. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I didn't want to travel. And I had to go to Washington D.C. six months after that for a federal meeting. And my boss got stranded in Boston because all the planes shut down. So they had to rent a car with DSS at that time to drive home back to Michigan because all the planes were grounded. And I remember having to meet them in Brighton. And my division director at that time wasn't somebody that I really got along with very well. But I remember giving her a huge hug, was so thankful. I said, I'm so glad you guys are okay. And she looked at me, and I was. I was just so thankful. Because you, my, my whole 
environment changed at work, how I did my job, where I went, how I did my travel. Uh, for those of you may not, as a state employee, we have to we have to document where we travel at, and we had to document our status when we travel out of state, particularly because of everything that happened all those years ago. But what I remember is my boss at that time, my manager, you have, at the state, as you know, we have many bosses, even people that aren't really our bosses. We have a lot of layers. So my immediate boss, Cindy, she was in Boston with Deborah, who was my boss's boss, and Stephanie met Deborah last year. Um, she had, Cindy, when everything shut down, the planes couldn't fly, everything shut down in Boston, all the ATMs, the banks, and she went and was taking money out of the ATM because they didn't know what was going on. Nobody knew at that time, just like what you were saying there, we didn't know. There was an Arab gentleman there, scared to death. And I remember Cindy telling me, she's like, Laura, I didn't know what to do, but I just wanted to make sure that guy was okay because he was afraid. He didn't know what was happening. And as many people remember at that time, there was a lot of anger towards people that were Arab Americans. And this was, this was the day 9-11 happened, so nobody knew what was going on. But one of the planes flew out of Boston, out of that airport for my, my boss, and my boss's boss flew into. And we're going to fly out of there, but then they couldn't. So I say all that to say a lot of anger and angst evil was directed towards people that were innocent. You know, as Christians, we do get targeted, but I'll never understand um, what, they, what my, my coworker that was Muslim went through. Um, and she's not Arab. She's African-American, but she is Muslim too. Um, so I, I say that because of how angry people were at something that was representing something so evil that um, we just couldn't understand. So I, I mention that to remind us, again, about what words we speak out about people that are different from us, come from a different culture, come from a different place of the world. I'm so thankful that I'm in America, um, was born in America, and I so honor our country. Um, but I know not everybody feels that way of our history. We have a lot of things that were done to hurt people, enslave people persecute people. So um, when I went through this message today and I was looking at the studying Gamel, one of the things that um, God was, you know, showing me um, about the, about the <coughs> sorry, <coughs> about the camel <coughs> and the yod and the vav. And it, I just, you know, the camel, you know, think about, okay, in Israel, I rode a camel. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And in the, okay, I just, I won't forget that. That's a whole other story, but I will not get into that. But needless to say, it was interesting. But think about that, how you get up, you're lifted up to get on their back. Who else was lifted up for us? Jesus. He was lifted up on a cross. And it wasn't an accident that that was red when I saw that when I saw Gamal. Um, but the whole pictures, I'm just fascinated by the pictures in the, in, the, in the Hebrew language. But with Gamal, what was interesting, um, the word Gamal is related to Gamul, which means justified repayment, or the giving of reward and punishment. 
Gamel is also one of the seven letters which receive special crowns called Tegan when written in the Sefer Torah. And you can see that right there. And again, you see the Yad, the, the leg, and then, but what's interesting, you see the face, then you see the head, then you see the crown. I just, I'm just fascinated as you look at that, um, what that means, and how, um, how every stroke means something, every little thing, every, every stroke in that, in the gamel means something. So, and the number three gamel also represents stability. I thought this was fascinating. Like the three legs of a stool. In the Mishnah, the oral Torah, it is said that the world itself stands on three things. The Torah, avodah, which is worship, and acts of loving kindness. So that would be God's word, the worship, like we did here today, and acts of loving kindness. And as Christians, we're called to all three. But it was just fascinating. What happens when one of those legs is taken away from the stool? It's, it falls over. You can't sit on it. It's not stable. How many times have we been in situations where we've not been stable and we've made choices and we've done things that really weren't following what God said, but we, we wanted what we wanted? And I think, Lyra, you said this earlier about, I, I wouldn't call it negotiating with God about the house, but that to me, and I've done negotiating, and it's like, it's... Um, I just, I just, I was really relating to your story about the bigger house, or the smaller. Is that what you're doing, the smaller? Um, because sometimes we do, and I'm saying this for myself. I must be the only one I know that does does this. I like to negotiate, and that's not good. Yeah, and I have a story I'll share about when somebody negotiated with God, and it didn't turn out well. They compromised, and they sinned, and they stumbled, and. There's generations um, that really have consequences. And, but with the three in Gamal, it, it, okay, when I think of a stool, I think of a milk stool. That's honestly what I thought about when I read this. That's not an accident, milk um, for cows. You know, and they do the, okay, my dad, <laughs> I never did this. So, but I'm thinking, Okay, Lord, if that's what you want me to do, if I need to milk cows, if I'm ever supposed to do that, show me how to do it, I will. But, um, but, but think about that three-legged stool. And working in government, we have something called a, a, a three-legged stool, and it has to do with, with health care. I work in the health care area, the State Department of Health and Human Services, and so we are looking at quality services. Then you have the, the, the that it's financially, um, we're getting what we paid for, and then there's... There's one other one, and I'm drawing a blank, but there's three parts to it. And with that, it's a holistic so we can serve somebody so they can get the care that they need. Unfortunately, government wants to save money. That's just being, I'm just being real. I mean, that we're about saving money, and I'm, because I monitor grants and budgets, and sometimes saving money isn't the right thing to do. And I think it, um, and you'll see at the end some things we're going to do for the activation, but I just want to encourage you that, um, ask God, what is it I can do? You know, thinking about the 5783 and those three things, worship, we got the Torah, which is the Torah, for those that might know, that's the Old, Old Testament, um, the first books of the Bible. However, to me, when we're, that's the word of God, so all the books. 
but even though we're in the new covenant, though, that's just a reminder. Um, but our, our the word of God, which is a seed, and then our worship, and then what we do to, to love people as Christians, how we're called. Um, those are really important things for 5783. So specifically, the number 80, oops, oh, got to do that. All right, the number 83, um, I've, I found this interesting in the Bible. So the number 83 is significant in the Bible. Um, in Exodus 7, 6 to 7, Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded them. Moses was 80 years old and Aaron was 83 when they spoke to Pharaoh. Um, but think about this. So go up to that verse 6. Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded them. Okay, I think this is a prophetic little tickler here. The Lord commands something. I think it's important to be obedient. I'm just saying, and I've, I've done the opposite sometimes, got, got myself in trouble. Um, so what, what happened, he commanded, and it was he went before Pharaoh to release the Israelites. Um, so just, just remember, when God's commanding you to do something, obey quickly. Don't fight it. And I'm saying as one who made the mistake and dug my heels in, I did it, but I didn't do it willingly. It's one thing to do it, but it's to be willing and obedient, right, Stephanie? I remember when when I got to know Stephanie, we used to talk about that because I'm a we're, we're not about works here. We we we're not about works. It's not about the law, but we have the Ten Commandments for a reason. But again, it's about being willing and obedient. It's not just about the law. And I do, and this is working in government. I am a rule follower. I admit it. I am totally about that. Because I like to stay under the radar. I do. And I don't drive a state car anymore. And I'm just using my life as an example of when, um, why it's important to be willing and obedient. And I use the example that driving the state car anymore is because I work with the area of Flint and when the Flint water crisis happened, people up there were very upset at the state. I didn't want to drive a state car because people were shooting at them. And I'm like, you know, I just don't want to, I didn't want to do that. And, and everything was fine. But I, I, I say all that to say that I like to have my car because I like to be under the radar. That's where I'm going with that one, not about the Flint water crisis, but I just want to use a real life example of how I wanted to, because I was an advocate for the people there, I still work with the area of Flint. That's was, I've actually been working with this area for my 26 years in state government. Um, but I think what was, was interesting is, is you look at what Moses and Aaron went through when they went before the, went before Pharaoh. Before that happened, Moses argued with God at the burning bush. He didn't want to go and be that person to go talk. I can't do it. I can't do it. And then God got really frustrated. I laughed. I'm thinking, Lord, is that, is that how you look at me too? That's why I think when I want to negotiate. Because <laughs> I, I, I was a stutter like Moses. I know when I started doing the prophetic, I just thought, Lord, am I making sense? Um, but it's really important, and I, we were talking about this earlier, God and, and the worship, God created each of us uniquely. And for all of our quirks and all of our things, I dream, I have crazy dreams. They're not crazy, but for me, they mean something. And, and numbers and letters, pictures, music, you guys know that, you've heard that. But 
So in um, Psalm 83, 6 and 11, I want to I wanna read that one for a second. Um, the tents of Edom and the Ismailites of Moab and the Hagrites, Jabal, Ammon, and Amalek, Philistia with the people of Tyre, even Assyria has joined them to lend strength to the descendants of Lot. Do to them as you did to Midian, as you did to Sisera and Jabin at the river of Kishon, who perished at Endor and became like refuse on the ground. Make their nobles like Oreb and Zeb, all the princes in Zaba and Zalmunna. Um, and what that, what that is, um, those, um, those were the 17 enemies of Israel were listed in that scripture. Seven of those God had already destroyed. And the remaining 10 will soon try to annihilate the Israelites and cut them off from being a nation. And what the Lord showed me was be cognizant of those who you surround yourself with and who you allow to speak into your life. I mean, I just, and I, it really struck me to cut them off from being a nation. And look what's happening to Israel. You know, they're surrounded. They're a tiny little country, and they've been, this has been going on since the beginning of time. But they've survived. And those who bless Israel will be blessed. I believe that in my heart. My message isn't about that today, but I just, he took me to that, that Psalm 83. There's something about that number. I thought, Lord, what is it? And those, those enemies that were destroyed, those enemies that were destroyed by God, um, seven of them have already been destroyed. Then the other 10 wanted to cut them off from being a nation. Um, again, God, I hear the Lord saying, you know, be cognizant again who you surround yourself with, and who you allow to speak into your life. And that can be family. I'm just saying, and you can love your family from afar. And this isn't anything against anybody's family, but just sometimes it can be very toxic. There are people in our lives that can be toxic. And just be encouraged that sometimes distance is okay. And God understands. So, all right. Um... And then I'm going to, and there's another verse, um, 83 in Numbers, and I want to read this one. So this is, again, a number 83. And two, so, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, five male lambs, a year old, to be sacrificed as a fellowship offering. This was the offering of Ahira, son of Enon. Um, this verse mentions a peace offering made by one of the Israelite princes, Twelve such offerings, one for each tribe, were given to celebrate the dedication of the tabernacle, an altar in the wilderness. These types of offerings symbolize complete peace with God. In 5783, you will have complete peace with God as you stay close to him, listen to him well, and stay in fellowship with him. All right, so I want to talk a little bit about some of the, there's a couple prophetic well, one person I want to mention, Madeline James, had a prophetic word. Um, there's a few things that I want to kind of highlight. And one of the things she actually talked about was in August, we um, entered into the eighth month. And the number eight represents new beginnings. And we have entered into new beginnings. Um, and I think uh, the Hebrew, uh, and one of the things in eight that she mentions is the Hebrew letter for the number eight is het. And I don't have a picture of it, but I, if I want to, I want to encourage you to look it up if you have time. And I think Matt might have mentioned this last week. And it's the picture of this letter. It, the picture of this letter is two pillars 
with a covering over them. This picture symbolizes the doorway of life. And the doorway of life indicates that one is stepping from death to life. Anytime something new happens, there must be a death of something. The death of the old ways will die. They must die for the new to come. That way the new can spring forth. The new can spring forth. All right, and um, all right, this is where it got kind of small here. So it is um, in Isaiah 43, 19. Behold, God is doing a new thing. Can you not discern it? And, and I think that's kind of small. I don't know if you guys can see that. My apologies. I think the font just got small. Um, as you crossed over into new beginnings, something new has been birthed out of you. And this is for you all. What brings regeneration or a, or a creation of the new is the word of God. The seeds of the word of God that have been laying dormant in your life are getting ready to spring up. That's why we can't grow weary in doing good. So again, that word, there's seeds. And I, and I relate to this because I've, I've been a bit challenged, just my personal, some of the things I'm going through, which is I need to go through. But God's got it, and it's important not to grow weary in doing good. Even in the face of situations that aren't easy, people aren't treating you well, you, you, you're, be mis, you're being misunderstood. Um, there's just a lot going on in our country and our world right now. Take heart, don't be weary, and, and keep continuing to, to do good because the Lord sees that. He totally sees that. So Madeline James also talked about with 5783 being the year of retribution, then judgment and blessing. And how you have led your life in the spirit, you will receive back, whether it be in judgment or blessing, like I talked about earlier. What are you speaking in situations? Is it you're decreeing encouraging or is it a curse? So what you put out, you get back. Um, as we step into 5783, the year of retribution, we're going to see a giving out of blessings and curses. This will be a time where God makes things right. Okay, you guys hear this. This will be a time when God, where God makes things right. Those who have been, continued to seek him, I'm sorry, those who have, continue to seek him despite their circumstances, will be openly rewarded. Okay, I'm going to say this again. This will be a time where God makes things right. Those who have continued to seek him despite their circumstances will be openly rewarded. On the flip side of this, God will continue to release his justice. I want to encourage you. Um, I, I took something out of something she said, but God says you mention it. I do. I got to be obedient. And it's about the overturning of Roe v. Wade. I know that this has caused an angst in our country because people feel very strongly about this. But there, there is a side of justice to that. And I just want to encourage you, if you have in your heart you're really struggling with that, okay, as a female, I, I have my own personal feelings on that. And they, they changed as I got older. But at the end of the day, I knew God's word was true. And abortion is wrong. And it is murder. And we can't sacrifice our children at the altar of Molech. I had to say that because I felt guilty that I pulled that out because of just situations that have happened. And, um, and, I, and I just want to encourage you. I don't know what it's like to have an abortion. I know my friends that have. I know what it's like to experience assault. 
I didn't get pregnant, but I could have. And how would that have affected me? I know that I could not take the life. I couldn't. But people that have, other, other women, young women, we got to be there for them, church. We have to be there for them. We have to lift them up for these young ladies that are having these kids that need help, and their kids having kids. The church needs to be there, and there's ways to do that. So I just, I'm here, I'm not here to preach a message about the overturning of Roe v. Wade, but there's something to that about the justice and why it needs to be overturned because it's sent back to the states to decide the decision. And there is something going on our ballot in November about putting that in the Constitution. And I want you to pray. I want to encourage you. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you what to do as far as how to vote. You have to decide. But I want to encourage you, read. What, is, what does this say? Because once it's in the Constitution, that's a declaration. I'm telling you, you guys, I'm just going to say this. It's a declaration. And... We, we may, may, not, may not be able to get it out. So I'm just going to say that. Uh, so just pray about that because I think this is something that's um, very near and dear to people's hearts. Um, and I know it's near and dear to God's heart. Um, so one of the other things I wanted to mention that uh, Madeline James mentioned is about... Um, Five seven eight three, you know about the flip side. God will continue to release His justice. What I didn't say was one of the other meanings is stability. As God deals with things that are false, He's balancing the scales and releasing stability through the land. Again, stability. Think about that. Those three legs. When one of those legs is pulled out, and you know, three can represent God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You know. Matt talked about that last week, the three. But that stability, you know, that's important because when we're not stable, things kind of go off kilter. Think about your car. When your car is out of alignment, you're driving down the road. You want it to go this way, but it goes this way, or it goes this way, or it just stops. And who has been there when, um, and I've, there are times when I've been challenged with keeping my focus because, situations have come up and the enemy doesn't want me to preach, doesn't want me to do the things I know I'm called to do, wants to take me out. And if that's you, be encouraged. You must be doing something good because otherwise he would not be going after you. So be encouraged about stability is really important. So you're going to have, it's really important to have, make sure you're not out of balance in your life. I, I use the analogy of a washing machine. When washing machines get out of balance, you know, they're flopping all over the place. When you open it up, the water's still in there. It didn't drain out. So that is an analogy. So, But what you have to do is you have to balance the load in there and have to do this. And I, I had one of those washing machines that, oh, my, I'd sit on it. Then it would be okay. And I'm, like, doing one of these. But just be encouraged because I feel like that's prophetic that, you know, it's when sometimes things are out of balance. It may not be you. It may be because of somebody else, but maybe they need to hear something that you have to share, and it may be hard, but it's important that they hear it, and you may be the only person that can do it. Some of us do our best thinking on the throne. <laughs> I look at stuff. <laughs> I'm talking about the throne that's, 
the white porcelain throne sometimes. We do our best thinking. <laughs> That's where I do mine sometimes. All right, Stephanie. I'm <laughs> just making a joke. But again, as God deals with the things that are false, he's going to balance the scales and releasing stability through the land. And I believe this is a word for Michigan. I believe this, particularly this section, um, and this is where we're going to do some activation of prayer at the end, but it's really important about praying for our leaders, particularly if we have differing views than they do, uh, because we're not to judge them. We're to pray for them. We're called to pray for all of our leaders. We do. We pray for all of them, even those we disagree with. So that's really important. But again, 5783, as God deals with the things that are false, he's going to balance the scales and release stability through the land. Um, so that was Madeline James. So I want to mention something. Um, Patricia, um, she actually has a, a, a webinar this, this Thursday and Friday night. So she hadn't released her words yet, but she actually had a prophetic alert. And um, I thought it was key. And her word was about do not compromise. And it, was, it hit home so much because I think we're starting to see that, the consequences of compromise. Um, um, this is significant for 5783. Compromise, and I studied this, and I thought this was interesting. Compromise, um, in one part of the dictionary, means to make a deal between two parties or to accept standards that are lower than desirable. And I thought, ooh, that last one really struck me. Um, and I look at, okay, I work in government, so I can use that as an exalgy when the, when the legislature has to come up with a compromise between... Um, the governor, what she wants, she presents her budget in February, then the legislature gets time to look at it. And then they go, then they're in, small, in these committees, they look at everything, then they put their final budget out. Then she can veto it if she doesn't like something, take some things out, which that happened this year. Um, so there's, but then we did get a budget, so I can get paid, praise God, October 1st, because, you know, so they end in June. Um, they used to, in the past, used to go up until the end of September, October, when the fiscal year was over. Um, but it's it's interesting of that term, make a deal. Who who remembers Monty Holland, let's make a deal? I do. I do. I always like to pick those door number one, two, and three. I always like three. What is behind door number three? And it was something cool. You know, I was really young. So anyway, I know some of you may not remember that, but... Um, to make a deal and or monopoly, um, but I think the term compromise. You know, Patricia shared she shared an analogy of um, when Lot was in Sodom and Gomorrah, and the two angels came, and um, those angels wanted those two or the the angels were visiting Lot and his family, and then the men in the community wanted to get them to assault them, rape them, basically is what they wanted to do. All of the men, all of the men, young ones and old ones. And I thought, well, Lord, that was perverted, perversion. Um, so, it, and Lot, you know, tried to reason with them, but there's no reasoning. So I won't, we won't get into all of that scripture, but then the angels basically struck them blind and told, you know, Lot and his family, you need to leave, you need to go up to the mountains. Lot negotiated with the two angels. He, was, he didn't want to go here. He didn't, they didn't want to go. He was afraid. And they're like, okay, we, you don't go to Zor. In the meantime, Abraham, his uncle, was praying for him. 
And God honored those prayers. God honored and did not destroy Lot and his family. But what happened? His wife looked back, Lot's wife did, looked back to the old way of life, the life that she desired, and she turned to a pillar of salt. Again, she compromised. She didn't keep her focus. Um, when I was remembering Zor, having been there four years ago, when we went to Israel, we had a prophetic assignment there that we did. And there were a couple people in our group that were creating some division and not following directives, and they actually got sick. And, I'm th and I was just remembering all of that as I was going through this chapter and studying this, what Patricia you know, was talking about, about how what if Abraham went to prayed? Then they would have not been able to get out of Sodom and Gomorrah, but there was, but he did, God honored Abraham's prayers. But Lot didn't stand Zor. He got up, he left and went to the mountain that the angels said to go in the first place. So here, because he was afraid. He was afraid. He didn't want to stay in Zor, so he went to the mountains where he was actually told to do in the first place. So it was like he was like going around doing this double-minded. It's like they told him to go and to go, but he was afraid he didn't want to go. You know, he maybe didn't want to leave all of his things, but he went to another town. Um, but his wife had died on the way when she looked when they left Sodom. She had turned to salt. So it was just him with his daughters. And then when, they, when Lot and his two daughters went up to the mountains, um, the daughters got um, envious and greedy, and they, wanted, they wound up sleeping with their father. Got him drunk, took advantage of him, because they didn't want to be alone. They wanted to have children. And um, so they compromised in that sexual sin. And I think what it reminded me of is that sin was in my life and my generation with incest I had in my family. And um, that was something I never wanted to talk about because I couldn't imagine anybody in my bloodline doing something as horrible as that to ch two young children. And um, somebody talked to me about it many years ago about what happened, but then that, nobody else knew except for me. And, but God was showing me for a reason the importance of the sexual sense, how they can come after generations if we don't cut them off. Um, and the fact that we were at that very spot when we were there in 2018 and remembering walking backwards like this, not looking back, back we were doing this, walking back to the bus, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what's going on, Lord? And, and that was powerful, and remembering some of the consequences, some other people had created some situations that they got sick. So I think that's a warn, most definitely a warning um, about the importance of if you're not going to listen and follow directives from God, there will be consequences. And in sexual sin, you know, maybe it's not anything you're doing. Maybe it's something that's happening in somebody in your family. Pray for them, just like Abraham did. He prayed. He prayed for them to turn. Um, he prayed, and God honored that. Um, but again, um, Lot compromised, and his daughters did that generation. They compromised. Um, so I just want to encourage you that... Um, 5783, again, has the two sides. There's the blessings, but then there's the curses, the judgments. Um, and this is, this is heavy, I know, for people. I just want to encourage you. So I'm sharing personally about things he's spoken to me about, about praying, because we all have family histories. Just because you have an ancestor that did something, or a parent, or a step-parent, or a grandparent, that doesn't mean you're going to 
but you need to cut out cut off that 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 generational because um, I found this out in my healing and my counseling things can come back that you don't even remember all of a sudden they come up um, um, so I want to just briefly you know for for me what I've heard about five seven eight three being a time of restoration and healing for people that will be um, as Galatians, it talks about, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. I think this is a, a word for the church because the church has compromised in places. And we're seeing it. Um, there's such division across denominations across the country, church is splitting. Um, I'm thinking um, people that I, my family's raised in the Methodist church, they've had this huge split now. Um, you have your conservative wing and then you get your liberal. I'm, I just know what God's word says about what we need to do. Um, so pray, pray about that because I, I have discussions with family about the whole thing, and it's very discouraging. My personal family, they're discouraged to see what's happened. And I said, you know, just pray, Mom. Pray for the leadership, how important it is. Because when you compromise, there are consequences to that. And particularly as believers, we should be praying for each other, for other churches, um, particularly those that have been wounded by the church, people of different cultures, different denominations, different nations that have been wounded by the church. I'm thinking of a First Nations, what the church did to them when this was their land. Um, but don't give up. You've come too far. Continue to run your race. Do not give up, for you're closer than you think to finishing to receive what the Father has for you. So I want to um, ask you a few things to consider. What race are you running what are you doing? What is your focus? Who are you following? Who are you listening to? God's call or man's? Again, how we run our race will, will determine what we receive back in 5783. What you give out, you will get back. And I think this, this scripture here, so again, think about that. Just ponder about those a minute. So in Hebrews in 12, 1 to 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great, great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so entangles us. And I un and in my I underline that because I think these are things for 5783. Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that entangles us. Run with perseverance the race marked out for us. But we each have a race marked out for each of us that are different from person to person. So just be encouraged. Your race will not look like somebody else's. But you have one specifically marked out for you. Like in those cross-country, you have the trail to follow. God has that marked out for you. So don't try to follow somebody else. I mean, just, just you need to obey what he says. Marked, and it's marked out for you and you alone. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. And who are you listening to? Are you listening to man or are you listening to God? And I, I love this about fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer. I loved it. I never saw that word before, the pioneer. So he's a pioneer. So Stephanie, you're in good company. <laughs> the pioneer. I know you're a pioneer. And the perfecter of faith. 
for the joy set before him. And I read that. I just thought, the joy, remembering what he did for us. Think about that. He endured the cross, the scorning, the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So when, we, when it gets difficult, consider him, Jesus, who endured such opposition from sinners so that you and I will not grow weary and lose heart. I know I changed the words a little bit, so God, please forgive me. I'm not trying to change what your word says. I'm trying to make it applicable for you and you alone. So think about Jesus and him, how he endured all the opposition for each of us. It wouldn't matter if we were the only people on earth, he still would have endured for each of us. So in that, when those times are tough, when those times are tough, don't grow weary and lose heart. And this verse, this verse I have had to continue to um, remember because there are times when I've wanted to give up and I've really been challenged and I can't. I have things to do. I know that. Um, just to be encouraged, remember who, whose you are and who you are. Also, um, so I know we're wrapping up here. So 5783, I hear exposure, compromise. Much that has been going on will be exposed. For those that have compromised, the need to repent will be critical for time is short. Again, much that has been going on will be exposed. For those that have been compromised, the need to repent is critical for time is short. So again, a reminder to pray for those people who are lost um, that, are, that have compromised. However, you can't choose for them. They have to choose for themselves. We have to let others choose and not make the choices for them. Pray for them. Turn to God. And think about, you know, Abraham praying. Think about all the people um, in our lives. Um, pray and throw off, again, God takes me back to that scripture. Pray for them to run to God and throw off the things that hinder them and the sin that easily entangles them. Because... The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but they all should come to repentance. That's what God wants. He wants people all to come. So we need to be praying for everybody, even that person that is so mean to you at the store that you just want to run out. You just don't want to, you know, bad service maybe at a restaurant. The person maybe is having a bad day. Um, But it's really important that we be praying. And I know some of us are, there's family situations going on, so just pray. Those people that you're praying for to turn back to the Lord. Um, So I guess I want to end this of asking you, whose race are you running? Is it your race or somebody else's? Are you running your race or you're the apostle over in, in Timbuktu's race or in Africa? Mexico or in Lansing whose race are you running who are you following who are you listening to and it's one thing we're, we're a family we're a tribe here so I just want to make sure I'm clear on that we all can be running the same race together there's nothing wrong with that but we as individuals have our own race too that God calls us to um, and there's nothing wrong with having your own race um So I just want to encourage you that 5783, there's a lot. I mean, I just touched on the things that God showed me, 
and shared a couple prophetic things that jumped out at me and then some of the things that Matt shared last week. And I know Stephanie's going to share next week. Um, in honor of, okay, because I work in government and because it's 9-11, but also the thing about prayer and compromise really hit home for me um, as we see how divided our country is, particularly right now. And um, I put a slide together, and I asked Lyra to help me with this too, and Stephanie too, um, to pray for our national leaders, the, the president, um, our governor, um, the mayor here in the city, and also for some of you maybe that aren't in Lansing, this, the greater Lansing area, to pray. So uh, the activation is going to be a time of corporate prayer, and we have some talking points. Um, but uh, I, Stephanie and I had talked about, I know sometimes that triggers people, um, some of the things we're praying about, and I know Roe B. Wade was one of them, and I know because I, I work with a lot of people that are very angry about that. I get emails all the time about that situation, and I just pray. I just pray. I don't talk about any of those things at work. I'm not supposed to. That's not my, I'm just not allowed to. I'll put it that way, because that's a personal belief I have about, and I'm happy. Um, I'm pray, praise God. But I know the girl down the hall, or in my, well, I work remotely. Maybe she had an abortion, and um, I'm not saying anybody particularly, but just there are people that I work with that are um, not happy about it. And so there's this angst. Um, so we have this tension. And there's nothing wrong with tension, as long as it's healthy, that we can work through our differences. But um, I sometimes get concerned because I watch... I watch people in cars, and I see people, they're so angry right now. Um, we see shootings in our communities. Our youth are so hurting right now. And we, we are the generation that they, we need to help them. And I'm talking about my generation didn't do good. We, we, we just kind of let things happen and slide by and, um, from my generation. And we need to be there for our youth, but also to move things forward. Thank you for listening today. Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what He wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember, with God, all things are possible. So keep dreaming, keep praying, and simply obey. Because God is good, and He has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs, learn about our speakers, and even hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit ShekinahOnline.com. If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, more testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world. If you feel led to support our podcast, you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, there is a link labeled Listener Support on every podcast. Until next time, we thank you, we love you, have a blessed day.